Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. Megan Duggan played, has played ice hockey for a long, long time, most of her life. She played for uh, the Wisconsin Badgers uh, in college. She's played professional women's hockey uh, across North America. And she led Team USA to multiple world championships. But for so long, what eluded her was an Olympic gold medal. They, the U.S. would win world championships and then lose to Canada in the Olympic Games. We talk with Megan this week about her quest to win Olympic gold while at the same time dating a woman on the Canadian team that kept beating her in the Olympic Games, Jillian Epps. Uh, both of them are two of the most famous women's hockey players in the history of North America. They are, they are quite a power couple. Uh, and it's interesting to talk with Megan about the dynamic of, uh, you know, playing against one another and supporting each other. Uh, it's a conversation that we had with uh, Anissa Ortez and Amanda Chittister last week. And to continue that with, with Megan this week, also get to talk with Megan about her passion for the Women's Sports Foundation and the work that they do and why now in retirement her work toward inclusion and equity in hockey is even more important than those Olympic, uh, the Olympic gold medal that she won. Anyhow, here's my conversation with Olympic champion, world champion, Megan Duggan. Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And, you know, it's so interesting. Your career has been obviously absolutely stellar. You have multiple Olympic uh, games medals, multiple world championships. And your your career is so interesting because you had won so many world championships, but that Olympic Games gold eluded you for so long. And and what struck me in the piece that you wrote for ESPN about, about you know, entering retirement is that your proudest moment wasn't finally getting that gold medal that you had chased for so long it was something else. What is more important than an Olympic gold medal that you had spent a decade plus chasing? When you put it that way, um, you know, it, it even empowers me even more and, and excites me even more. But, um, you know, the, the fight for equality uh, is, is really what uh, I'm most proud of uh, in our team and in, you know, women's hockey and um, work that I'm excited to continue to do. Um, my kind of passion for, um, you know, advocacy work really in this space kind of grew um, out of my, um, you know, kind of research and education on, on what was happening internally uh, with our team and how, um, you know, there were many gender inequalities in our sport at USA Hockey. Um, and then, you know, the fight that our, our team put up back in 2017 and in um, really, you know, pushing our national governing body to equal the playing field when it comes to the men and the women and the girls and the boys in the program. And, um, you know, unfortunately having to threaten to boycott a world championship to get to that point. But um, I think back then and, and now it, it showed our passion and our commitment um, to the movement and how, um, you know, how sure we were at wanting to see it through. So the, the lay person 
will look at the NHL and and you know it's it's national international profile and then look at women's hockey and say oh come on you know equal pay and equal treatment what's wrong with you you know there's so many more people who watch men's hockey than women's hockey um how do you educate those people on the fight that you're pushing yeah, such a great point. And I think, um, you know, in this day and age with uh, with social media, um, I mean, I've, I've seen some of the comments. I've heard some of that, you know, get back in the kitchen type mentality and women don't deserve you this or that. Wait a, second, wait a second. You see get back in the kitchen on social media? <laughs> it's I've, I've, I've certainly seen it before. And um, wow. but it's, uh, you know, at, at this point, we're we're, we're so far ahead of that. And, um, you know, to me, uh, discussions like that and, and, uh, comments like that and people that don't, um, or, or continue to underestimate the value of sports for girls and women, um, are just so far behind, you know, and obviously being a part of such a fantastic organization like the women's sports foundation, um, and learning so much from, you know, the incredible, um, you know, women and mentors and advocates in that space, uh, it's, it's just incredible to see the, the work that they continue to do um, in that space and encouraging, um, you know, and enabling girls and women to continue to grow and learn uh, through sports. Um, is, it's an amazing thing to be a part of. Uh, I think in regards to, you know, the professional women's hockey landscape, um, what I would say to to people that that discourage that is, um, you know, you watch the Olympics comes around every every few years, and there's there's millions of people that tune in and watch women's hockey and are excited about it. So, other than that, outside the Olympics, we just we don't have the visibility, um, and that's that's a big thing right now. I think, you know, again, going back to the Women's Sports Foundation and, and founder Billie Jean King, her famous thing that she says, right, is you need to see it to be it, and so increasing the visibility. Um, you know, of female athletes and women's sports is super important to those next generations um, of young girls saying, hey, I can do that. I can be that. Um, and staying in sports and being excited about playing in sports. And, and that's what it's all about. I couldn't agree more on outsport. Our tagline is courage is contagious. And obviously we focus on LGBTQ athletes. And what we found is that every time an LGBTQ athlete is willing to talk and share their story, it inspires courage in someone else to do the same. And it's like kind of a domino effect. When you look at your role in, in equality and acceptance um, for all people, how do you balance, um, you know, do you focus on, you're being a, a woman in sport? Do you focus on being an out LGBTQ person? Are they one and the same? How do you balance that? Because both of you, both of those pieces of who you are are so incredibly powerful and inspiring. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I need to choose one. Um, I I want to to build the next part of my life around um, advocacy work around equality and acceptance and pushing the envelope for all underrepresented groups. Um, whether that be women, whether that be BIPOC community, whether that be the LGBTQ plus community. Um, you know, as I said, my, my kind of passion for advocacy has been born, um, in the last few years. And I want to continue to, to push that envelope and to work with organizations, um, you know, like the Women's Sports Foundation, 
um, that continue to raise the bar uh, for all of that work to be done. And I love, I love the tagline, courage is contagious. And, um, you know, it makes me think a lot about, um, you know, my, I guess, out to the public story, which I really don't have a story aside from the fact that after my, my wife and I got married back in 2018, I posted a wedding photo a few days after just to, you know, share the, the wonderful day that we had. And, the, the feedback and the, um, the response I got was unbelievable. It was so encouraging and uplifting. And I had so many people, you know, days and weeks and months after saying, wow, like, thank you for sharing that. You know, I needed that. And, um, and I didn't even know or recognize maybe how courageous I was being or how I allowed other people the space to feel that they could be courageous as well. Um, and sharing, you know, their true self, but that was a really uh, powerful moment for me and, and again, encouraged me to continue to share my story, to, to talk um, and to, you know, to speak about equality and acceptance um, in, in ways that maybe others aren't, aren't comfortable yet speaking about. So, um, so I love that tagline and, and I'm going to continue to be courageous um, in all of those spaces that we've talked about in, in gender equality and, um, you know, in lifting up the BIPOC communities and LGBTQ plus communities. You know, for the first couple of months during the pandemic, we didn't use the tagline because it had the word contagious in it. And we're like, oh, God, this, uh, this, uh, this could not be good if somebody takes it the wrong way. But, um, yeah, we're, we're back to using it because I think it's, it's very true that people, when people see stories like themselves, they are more empowered. Uh, and, and, and you talked about your wife. Um, and, and I'm, this is a dynamic that I'm so fascinated by. <laughs> you're not the, the only I, one that's fascinated by it. I know. I'm sure I know that you're like, oh, please, I'm so tired of talking about this, but we're going to talk about yeah. it anyway. Yeah, of course. Um, so your wife, uh, beat you twice in the gold medal match in the Olympic games. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and you beat her certainly in world championship gold medal game, essentially between the two of you. You've won every gold and silver medal in the Olympics of World Championship for the last 15 years. What is the dynamic there? And, and also, like, I'm curious, how did you first start dating and when was that? <laughs> Great questions. And yes, it's, uh, it's certainly an interesting dynamic. I get, you know, I get the question a lot. Um, but it's one that I'm, you know, I'm proud to talk about. I'm, I'm proud of. Uh, my hockey career and what my team's been able to do. I'm proud of my wife and what, what she's accomplished in her hockey career and beyond. Um, you know, and it's, uh, you know, I'm proud of our relationship and our marriage and, and what it stands for and how we can, you know, unite some of the, the toughest rivalries uh, of them all. But, um, you know, at, at this point, uh, obviously with both of us being retired, uh, we're able to, we goof on each other all the time, you know, Maple Leafs versus Bruins, Canada versus U.S., um, and we go, we go back and forth poking fun, but there was definitely a time there where, uh, there wasn't much poking of fun because it was too intense and, and too serious. Um, but we, uh, you know, we, we met each other or knew each other in obviously for years and playing against each other. We didn't know each other personally, but had been huge rivals. And then we were able to meet through, uh, just mutual friends and, you know, a lot of the women, uh, in women's pro hockey, it's, or, you know, women's national team hockey, it's, it's a small world, you know, you play together collegiately, or, um, you know, on your pro teams and train together in different cities and stuff like that. So, 
um, met through mutual friends um, and yeah, began a relationship prior, right before the 2014 Olympics. So we were very early in our relationship then, um, kind of met at the end of 2013. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's one of those things you learn really fast how to keep your professional life and your personal life very separate. Um, and, you know, I can remember games that we played against each other where, you know, I slashed her in the back of the ankle behind the play because I was, you know, <laughs> sticking up for a teammate. So, um, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting things, but I think, um, above all else, you know, in my life, how I've been raised, what I believe in, um, is that love is going to trump all. Um, and that is, you know, your professional life, sports, business, whatever it is. At the end of the day, my family will is always and will always be the most important thing to me. So um, it was difficult, you know, one of us winning and one of us losing in that gold medal game in 2014. But um, but I think getting through that showed we could get through anything, uh, you know, and so able to get married shortly after that and, um, you know, welcome our son recently in the in the last 10 months or so. And um, we've been through a lot together, but, uh, it's a dynamic that works for us. So the last week's guests were uh, a couple, uh, Amanda Chittister and Anissa Urtez. Uh, they play softball and Amanda plays for the United States and Anissa plays for Mexico. And they both qualified for the Olympics. They will compete against one another at the Olympics for the gold medal. Well, God, God willing next year that it actually mm -hmm. happened. If you could give them one piece of advice on how to navigate their hopes and dreams and also being engaged in a relationship, what would it be? Wow. What a great question. Um, geez, I would say, um, you know, for us, it was, it was probably allowing each other, um, certainly after that gold medal game in Sochi, is just allowing each other the space that we needed to um, kind of process the, that grand of a moment in the ways that we needed to and not, we didn't make it about, um, you know, our relationship at the time. It had, it was kind of about like our, our teams and give each other the space to just kind of be and do uh, what we needed to do and know that, you know, uh, our love was strong enough. Um, you know, for, for myself, it was obviously so difficult. Um, but our love was strong enough to kind of regroup on the, on the other side of it all. Um, but just allowing ourselves the, the space uh, shortly right after that, that big game um, to just kind of process the whole situation in the way that we needed to. Does she give you nonsense that uh, um, you find you finally won gold when she stopped playing? Does, is yes. That, is that... <laughs> the constant rhetoric in our, in our, <laughs> our house for sure. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's all good. I mean, I, I could, I could spend this whole podcast talking about how incredible and supportive and, um, thoughtful and generous and kind she is as well. Um, and, you know, f f being retired and was in the middle of a grueling business school, um, semester at the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth. And she flew over to Korea to watch us win. Um, spent about 24 hours on the ground and then flew back uh, to New Hampshire. Um, so it, I think that just goes to show, you know, how much she she supported my dreams as well. You know, we talk all the time about sports rivalries, but it what I've found is that 
athletes are generally happy for one another, genuinely happy for one another. That, that yes, of course, they want to win. But Tom Brady actually has uh, – there's a genuine happiness when Peyton Manning wins, wins the, the Super Bowl. Um, when Brianna Stewart wins, wins the WNBA championship, Elena Deladonna is genuinely happy for her. And, and I found there's a lot more just like beautiful camaraderie amongst rivals than people realize. Is, have you found the same? I, I would say that's, yeah, that's, that's a great way to put it. And I think, um, I think what it comes down to is the respect that you have for, um, you know, your competitors, the respect that you have for, um, and maybe not even my competitors in hockey, but the respect I have for, um, other athletes and what they're, what they do day to day and how hard they have to work or the sacrifices they have to make or the hurdles they have to jump over in order to achieve, um, a high level of sustained success. I mean, I know how difficult it's been for me and the different things that I've had to do and what you have to put yourself through and the sacrifices you make. So that level of respect runs deep and definitely on the women's hockey side. And, and I remember, you know, you referenced at the beginning, the ESPN piece that I wrote, one of the most important lines for me in that um, was, you know, openly saying how much I respect the competitors I faced in the years. You know, obviously the Hockey Canada women, um, you know, that rivalry exists because we all train so hard. We all prepare so hard. We all are so competitive. Um, and I love being a part of that rivalry. So without a team like that, without, you know, strong, powerful female athletes like that, um, you know, one of the greatest chapters in my life doesn't even exist. So um, I definitely, definitely agree with you that there is, um, you know, there's a level of excitement to see when I see other female athletes um, specifically succeeding and winning um, and, you know, showing the best version of themselves. Years ago, uh, this probably eight, 10 years ago, um, I, I started talking more openly about the number uh, and percentage wise of LGBTQ athletes who are in elite level women's sports, Olympic sports, um, professional sports in the United States, NCAA division one sports. And I was discouraged by a bunch of lesbians uh, to talk about it. And over the last, again, five, eight, 10 years, I've seen so many women starting to talk more openly about this. What has been your experience um, it being an, uh, an LGBTQ person in women's sports? Are, are, have you seen a, a sea change that I have where women are now more willing and open to talk about this, Be, uh, just being LGBTQ? Um, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, I, w I would say I definitely have seen the sea change that you have. Um... And I don't know if that's just, you know, culture changes in the world in general and, um, you know, the movements of people empowering each other and others to um, to stand up and speak their truth um, and to talk about, you know, um, different ways that they've, you know, again, either in in the LGBTQ plus community and the BIPOC community. I mean, people are, are sick of um, of of staying quiet. People are sick of you know, not, not feeling like they are treated equally. Um, you know, and I think we've seen a lot of, um, you know, to your point, courage is contagious, right? One person stands up and speaks their truth. 
um, you know, stands up to a bully or, or shares something that they're passionate about, people are going to come out and say, hey, me too. Like, let's get on board. Let's support each other. Um, you know, let's drive equality forward and let's accept others and, and show others that we accept ourselves. So I think it's really just kind of the what I hope, um, you know, is the continued shift um, in just, you know, attitudes and behavior and culture, um, you know, in our in our society that we hope to see, um, you know, get better and better as we move forward. How did you first get involved with the Women's Sports Foundation? Oh, my gosh. The Women's Sports Foundation is my favorite topic to talk about, I think. Um, and just a group that I I love and admire and respect um, and I'm honored to be a part of. Um, I, I first got involved, um, I would say, I think back in uh, like 2017, 2018 timeframe, our team was actually honored. Um, with the Wilma Rudolph Courage Award uh, at the Women's Sports Foundation yearly gala in New York City in 2017 for our um, our fight for equality within ice hockey. And so that, I, my eyes were, were opened big time. Um, I met so many inspiring and, in, and empowering women that night. Um, you know, those that were either part of the Women's Sports Foundation or were supporting it. Um, it was just such a wonderful event to be a part of. And so from then, uh, my interest just grew. You know, I found what, what I would consider mentors um, that work there and that I feel like I can, I can call on or ask questions, um, you know, or be educated by at any point. And, and really, I've just been um, kind of drawn in by, by the message and the mission and, and the work of them, you know, to... to exist as a group that um, wants to, you know, enable all girls and all women in all sports um, is, is just incredible. And that's what I kind of want to build my life around. So I'm, I'm continually pulled in uh, by them and the work that they do. Um, I've had the, the opportunity to um, sit as one of their uh, athlete advisory panel members. Um, I'm on the board of trustees now. Um, I've been able to attend the National Girls and Women's Sports Day with the Women's Sports Foundation, which is coming up in February, where we've, you know, lobbied at Capitol Hill for the protection of, you know, Title IX and, and girls and women in sports um, everywhere. So it's just, I mean, the list goes on and on. The work that they do is, is unmatched. Um, you know, I love being able to learn from and be associated with Billie Jean King um, in the work that that she's done, and uh, it's just it's a no brainer for me um, to to be a part of such an incredible organization, um, and 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 lend my support and my hand whenever I can. Yeah, Billie Jean King is quite. I, there are a few people I've met uh, and interacted with who just have such. Um, they're so obviously a legend in sports, but also just so real and so human, I, you know, just, um, and, and so like uh, deferential and will interact with you on Twitter. And uh, she's just a wonderful, wonderful woman. Do you have any specific like memories of, of meeting her or any experiences with her? I mean, yeah, she, she's incredible. Um, she, when you, when, I mean, all the, all the things that you just listed, but just, I mean, what a champion and what a leader in so many ways. Um, and someone that, you know, so many people, girls, boys, men, women can and should look up to. I mean, she just, 
um, she exudes everything that I would ever want to be in my life. Um, and she's, she's an amazing leader in the space. Um, I would say my, my favorite memory of her um, would really be the, the first time I ever connected with her was in the spring of 2017 when we were we had announced our boycott we were in the middle of um you know that kind of two-week stretch period where we were saying we weren't going to play in the world championships but we still hadn't made meaningful progress in our contracts with usa hockey and um into my email popped an email from billy jean king and alana claus saying we see what you guys are doing and we're here so you let us know how we can help and kind of makes me even like choke up right now to think about because um, in that moment, I remember reading that and I, I, I texted our entire team right away. And I said, you guys, this is big. We are, we are doing the right thing because look who just texted us. Look who wants to help us. And um, we have to keep going because, you know, Billie Jean and Alana are in our corner. So that's, that's a moment for me I will, I will never forget. Um, but, you know, even just moving forward from that, I, I love hearing her speak. I've had the opportunity to sit in on a handful of different calls or meetings with her that, she, you know, she's led, whether it's with the Women's Sports Foundation or, um, you know, on Julie Foudy's Laughter Permitted podcast, which I saw her record live um, last year, the day before the gala. And it was just, um, she's just amazing. I learn something from her every single time I hear her speak. And uh, I think to your point, Sid, she's, you know, she's so human too. You know, here we are, I've put her on a pedestal my whole life and looked up, looked up to her and as, as I should. But, um, you know, the few times I've been able to meet her, she's just like, hey, you know, she's very real, very human and just wants to help. Um, and, you know, that's very clear anytime you're around her. We are so blessed. It is crazy the people that we've gotten to meet in our lives. I, my my mom just just still gushes over the fact that Greg Luganis will uh, will 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 tweet about me or share on Instagram about me, and it's just it's it, it's incredible the, the wonderful people in sports that we've gotten to meet. Um, so the Women's Sports Foundation recently announced uh, recipients of their Travel and Training Fund grant. What is so important about funding athletes in, in, in their training, particularly female athletes? Yes. I mean, such an important fund um, and, and such an important grant. I mean, the, the, the money that the Women's Sports Foundation is able to provide um, to these individual athletes and these teams, I think this time around it was you know $75,000 to 15 individual athletes and two different teams. Um, across a, a multitude um, of states and sports. Um, it's so important because these women are, they're elite, right? They're chasing gold medals. They're chasing, um, you know, professional careers, but they, they don't have the resources, um, you know, obviously financially in order to, um, to afford, you know, different basic necessities that they need to, to help themselves get to that next level, coaching, um, travel, equipment, and they, they need these things in order to achieve the success that they that they quite frankly deserve and that they've worked so hard for. So obviously, you know, the Women's Sports Foundation um, is a huge you know, advocate and resource for women like that. And, uh, you know, with their their partner at Gatorade, they're able to provide uh, significant financial resources to these women that can then go and win gold medals at the um, you know, Olympic and Paralympic Games in Tokyo and Beijing and 
Um, and it's incredible to see. And then, you know what? You see young girls at home looking up to these women that they see on TV in Beijing and in Tokyo. And that inspires a whole future generation of, um, you know, athletes. And, uh, and that's, that's the best part. So I think if the average person in the public would look at somebody who's won multiple Olympic medals, particularly Olympic gold medals, and think, oh, you know, they, they're famous, they've got, they're, they're set for life. Uh, but the reality, the financial reality of being an Olympic athlete is so completely different. How can you help people in, in, in just a couple of minutes understand what the financial realities of being Olymp an Olympic athlete are? <laughs> I mean, it can be a harsh reality. It's, uh, it's I, I know a lot of teammates, um, a lot of competitors, a lot of people in the Olympic space that, you know, they've, they've worked second or third jobs to pay for their training. They've, you know, lived with their parents well past the years that they probably wanted to or their parents wanted them to, you know, to, to save money. Um, paid for a lot of their own, you know, travel and training and coaches. And, and that's because, you know, the goal is, is a gold medal and you would do anything. You would sacrifice anything. You would sleep on a couch. You would travel on a 12 hour bus ride somewhere, um, you know, just to achieve that goal. And um, with, you know, partners like the Women's Sports Foundation, obviously they help um, you know, many women not have to be in that position, but it can definitely be a harsh reality. Um, I've, I've certainly felt supported along the way by, um, by a handful of different sp sponsors. And, um, you know, at this most recent Olympics with the support of USA hockey, after we, um, negotiated our, our contracts and, um, and I, I hope that, you know, NGBs, um, and sponsors continue to see how important, um, investment in, you know, Olympic athletes is because it's, uh, we all love it, right? We all love following and watching the Olympics and cheering on our countries um, and, you know, praising these athletes for bringing these gold medals back to our countries. But I think doing a deep dive into, like you said, you know, the financial spot that some of them are in, um, it, you know, it, it really would, would open a lot of people's eyes. So I encourage, you know, like I said, sponsors and, and NGBs to continue to, to pour um, more resources into their athletes because because it's an amazing thing. And, you know, we all know, certainly the Women's Sports Foundation knows the role that sports plays um, in people's lives. And it's, you know, it's, it's about more than the gold medals, right? It's about, the, you know, the teamwork, the leadership, the confidence um, that we all learn through sports. And so supporting athletes in their journey, I think, is a, is a wonderful thing. And, and sports are just a, such a powerful tool in, in building equality for people, whether they are women or people of color or LGBTQ. I mean, the, a century-long history of sports being a real bridge between communities. Megan, I, I so appreciate you taking the time and uh, to Patty at Women's Sports Foundation for connecting us. The last question, leave us with, and you may not have a favorite, but one of your favorite moments just from competition, just from being on the ice or, uh, yeah, just, 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 just playing hockey. Mm. I would say, I mean, <laughs> one of my favorite moments was, was literally watching Jocelyn Lamoureux Davidson score the game winning goal in the Olympic gold medal final 
in the 2018 Olympics in a shootout, in an extra shooter shootout, followed by our 18-year-old goalie at the time stopping one of Canada's top goal scorers, four-time Olympian, um, for our team to win the gold medal. Uh, and there's just, as we talked about earlier, I mean, that, that gold medal evaded us for so long and, um, to just do it together as a group and to, you know, leave the bench and, and just pile onto our goalie and celebration after was just epic. Um, and a moment I'll never forget. So emotional for so many reasons. Um, but so fun just to celebrate with the team and celebrate with our families and staff and all of that on the ice after. Yeah, take that, Canada. <laughs> all right, we'll make it again. Thank you so much, and and I, I hope you stay warm and don't have to shovel too much snow in in, in Connecticut. This, this got week. our shoveling done, so it's uh, it's all good. You can follow Megan Duggan on Instagram and Twitter. Her handle's the same on both M Duggan Ten. That's the number ten. Um, the next couple weeks, I have a great conversation with, interestingly, uh, an athlete in Great Britain who came out a couple years ago and Outsports didn't even notice. And it, it's reflective of just how many people are coming out now in sports that, that somebody at a very, very high level of sport could come out and, and, and we don't even really hear about it. So I'm excited to talk to them. Um, I'm going to be probably taking one of the next two weeks off for the holidays. I'm sure a lot of you have other more important things to do, but uh, who knows? Maybe I'll whip up uh, a, a, an episode anyway um, in the midst of the holidays. Either way, I do hope you come back and appreciate what, you know, this year people talk about what a horror show it's been. And, you know, it's been, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been tough for a lot of us, uh, I think for everybody. But, you know, in these final weeks, I'm really trying to focus on the positive and I really I'm appreciative of everybody who listens to what I say, what all of us at Outsports think and say and write, and just really appreciate your support, uh, not just over the years, but this year in particular. Thank you so much. Have a great holidays, and we'll talk to you soon.